Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tara Brunette Mindset Podcast, where we chat all things manifestation, mindset, dream body, and just creating your dream life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to chat about productivity with you guys today. And this episode is brought to you by the Daily Mindset Design, which is something that is added to the membership. Every single month, there's a 30 days of daily mindset work that is done for you, laid out for you. I take a self-development book or a teacher or an expert in their field, and I break it down into simple daily 10-minute or less less tasks that you can do to just really boost your self-development journey. So I'll link the membership in the show notes, and you can get one week free if you'd like to try it out. So I'm going to take you through some of my favorite productivity tips that I've been getting from reading The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey, and that's what this month's Daily Mindset Design is on, so I'm up to day seven at the time of recording this, and I continue to add to it every single day, so there's going to be at least 25 different productivity experiments inside this month's Daily Mindset Design, and so far it has been incredible for my productivity, so... The for day one, I'm just kind of going to give you some tips out of this daily mindset design is productivity with a purpose. So we all want to be more productive. I'm sure at least I do. I've always had a huge obsession with being productive, but until we have a solid why, we're probably not going to take a lot of action on it. So if we don't have a purpose behind our goals, there's nothing really there to anchor us when we're having an off day. So in his book, he gives a really great activity called the values challenge, which I highly recommend. So the first question is, if as a result of implementing the tactics in this month's daily mindset design, if you had two extra hours of leisure time a day, how would you use that time? What new things would you take on and what would you spend more time on? And I love this question because sometimes I think of productivity as like getting more done in a less period of time and like more work, more work, more work. But really what this has shifted for me is recognizing that it's not about more work. It's about more effective work so that I have more free time to do the things I love, like go hiking and spend time with Trev and the animals and crochet, which I am obsessed with. Um, So that's really motivating me to be a lot more productive and intentional with my time so that I have lots more free time. Um, Then the next question is, what productivity goals, new habits or routines would you like to take on? And then you want to look at what values are associated with your productivity goals? Like, why do you want to become more productive? So if you can connect your productivity goals with some values, it's going to be a lot easier to stick with. And this is a great exercise to use for absolutely any goal. So within the DMD, I listed like a hundred, I think more than a hundred different values and just connecting with the reason behind your goal. So for me, it's like accomplishment, achievement, success, but also more free time, more freedom, um, motivation, like I, I don't have it in front of me, but, um, just like productivity, prosperity, like all of those things are values that I hold 
and I connected my productivity goals to those. And since then, I seriously have never been more productive. Hence why I'm finally uploading a podcast for the first time in forever, which I will be doing every single week moving forward. Um, also, as a little side note, I did a mini series with one of my friends and I'm going to be releasing those episodes as well. They are incredible. We did a little mini series called The Happiness Frequency and dove all into manifestation with my friend Ashley Whelan. So I will be posting those as well. So making the connection between your productivity goals and your values. If you can't really make that connection, just literally fill out this prompt. I deeply care about this because dot, dot, dot. And if you don't deeply care about it, then it shouldn't really be a goal in the first place. So um, that's just a really good way to get clear. And then day two, we dive into high value tasks. So productivity isn't about getting like the most amount done. It's about being intentional and getting the most important and high value tasks done. The ones that move the needle forward because You could be productive and busy all day long, checking emails, responding, social media, like, but are you actually doing the things that are high value to you and your business? So when measuring our productivity, we don't want to equate the amount of things we get done in a day with success, because like I said, you could be productive all day long, getting things done that aren't actually essential or making a difference in your ultimate goals. So, um, I like to think of it as what moves the needle forward in your business and measuring your productivity kind of at the end of each day of did I get done what I intended to do? So if you intended to have a very relaxing day filled with friends and family time, that would be productive. Um, And Chris talks about the three different facets of productivity that all come together. It is time so how well you are using it how much you are getting done in a time frame attention what are you focused on and how well are you focusing how easily distracted are you and energy so drive motivation and overall energy available to you so in order to figure out your most high value tasks i highly recommend this exercise and it's a little bit of work um (laughs) this first question but super helpful to have it all written out and then getting clear on your most high value tasks. So write down absolutely everything you are responsible for. So if you have your own business, everything you're responsible for within your business, so probably everything unless you have staff or within your job or at home, whatever it is where you have more productivity goals, if it's your business, if it's just your life, like what are your tasks and responsibilities? So make sure you get everything from like sending emails to sorting receipts to creative projects, like leave no task off that list. And then once you have that entire list all written out, if you could just do one item on that list all day, every day, what item would you do that would allow you to accomplish the most within the same amount of time? So for example, for me, that would be writing because that's where all my content is coming from. If I spend time writing, I can then put that into a blog post. I can then put that into an Instagram post. I can record it as a podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. I can put it as content in the membership. That is my most high value activity is sitting down to write. And it's so funny because I, I sort of knew that, but I was not intentionally setting aside time for that every single day. And I was wasting a lot of time. I was busy all day long, but I wasn't actually getting 
things done that felt important or were moving the needle forward in my business. And then once you have your number one task, if you could do only two more items on that list all day, what are the second and third tasks that let you accomplish the most in the most amount of time? So kind of like think of it as your most high value tasks, like where are you going to get the greatest return on your productivity? What is moving the needle forward the most in your business? What are your top three? And I just obviously keeping that in mind as you move forward. And I really hope you gained something from that exercise because that was hugely impactful for me and made me realize where I was wasting a lot of time not doing my most impactful activities. And then day three, we have the rule of three, and this has been life changing for me, guys. So now that you know your most high value tasks, knowing is just half the battle. And we all know that it can be really easy sometimes to start work the next day, open your emails, and then spend all day responding responding to things and just like frittering away the whole day inadvertently, helping someone else finish their most high value tasks but without ever really looking at yours. And this is where the rule of three comes in and it's super simple. And this has just been so effective for me. So at the beginning of each day, mentally fast forward to the end of the day, and I'm gonna talk more about why this is important in this podcast as well. And ask yourself, when the day is over, what three things will I want to have accomplished? And then also do that for the Do that same thing for the beginning of the week. So your three big things for the entire week. So for example, I put mine on post-it notes and I write out my my three for the day every single morning. My three for the week is publish a podcast. Check, I'm about to check that off. And um, redo my membership landing page, which I'm halfway through through doing and set up a funnel for Pinterest, which I also did today. And then my three for today is this podcast, a funnel and then my daily mindset design two days of it so this has just been so fascinating when you really think of your top three things that you want to accomplish in the week you are forced to really plan ahead for them and the fact that i uh, i think after today i will be almost done all three and it's only wednesday so i've really um killed it this week on my productivity um and just making sure that those are your top priority and then for your daily three again just getting really clear and it may take some adjusting at first you may make them too big and they aren't really achievable or then perhaps some days you'll just be playing too small so play around with it and don't make yourself wrong ever just notice and do it again the next day um and if you're feeling extra productive chris also recommends adding three personal things to each day and week as well so fun enjoyable things that you're committing to in terms of perhaps your own personal goals um so for me to the other day when i wrote this out it was like a morning meditation and journal go for a hike with lauren and then go yarn shopping which i definitely accomplished those Um, And then we move on to day four, which is recognizing your prime time. So getting clear on when you have the most energy and work the best is crucial for your productivity. So some of us are early birds and love getting things checked off our list earlier in the day and others are night owls and can totally just like get into flow in the evenings. And there's a very misguided belief that in order to be successful and productive, we need to get up early and work before the rest of the world gets up. And 
I mean, I'm a projector. I also really love my sleep. I am a morning person, but this may work great for some people who are naturally early risers. But if you're a night owl and trying to force yourself into getting up early every morning, you're really just working against your own natural rhythms. And that's ultimately going to result in less productivity and in failure. So don't try to force yourself to be like anybody else or follow anyone else's schedule. The purpose of this experiment that I'm about to share with you is to see exactly when your perfect prime time is and then plan around that time. So it's there's no right or wrong way to be productive. It's really about catering it to you so you can be the most effective during your prime times. So how do we figure these out? Um, in the book, Chris went above and beyond and he cut out all sugar and caffeine and woke up and fell asleep naturally without alarms whilst tracking his energy levels every hour for three weeks, which I mean, that's a lot. You can totally take that on if you want, but I just want you to try it for one day, checking in every 30 minutes or one hour and rating your energy on a scale of one to 10, 10 being amazing and on fire and one falling asleep at your desk. And if you would like a free copy, um, I wrote a blog post on this and made a little chart of every 30 minutes and then also a graph so you can track it. So if you want to continue the experiment for a few days to get an accurate reading, feel free. And then additionally, take note of when you drink like caffeine or sugar and notice if you're crashing later in the day or a few hours later and just make that connection. So you may already know your prime times. I know mine is like about an hour after waking up for a few hours and then um, that's like my best time to get work done. But this is a really fun experiment. So set an alarm on your phone to go off every 30 minutes and just note am I where am I on a one one to ten on energy levels and then inside that blog post that I've linked in the show notes you can find your energy graph that you can fill out for every hour and see exactly when you are most energized when you're crashing it's just a really cool visual so I'd love to hear what you take away from that if you check out the blog post leave a comment and let me know and then we move in to day five which is about procrastination triggers and this was super fascinating for me and so helpful if you struggle with procrastination this is going to be great for you um so first of all we all procrastinate so let's drop any guilt or shame around that and you may not have known this i didn't know this but we have six triggers that ignite the desire to procrastinate and procrastination is usually a lot of times unconscious but it sounds like I can do that tomorrow or I'll get that done later or I just don't really feel like it right now and whenever you hear yourself saying those words take that as an alarm bell that is ringing and telling you that you are procrastinating (laughs) and Chris talks about in the book how when we procrastinate the brain is in a battle between its prefrontal cortex which is like your logic reason long-term goals responsibility and your limbic system which is your emotions pleasure instinct and obviously we need both but strengthening your prefrontal cortex is the fastest way to eliminating procrastination for the most part and like i said a lot of this happens subconsciously as well so really noticing when you are saying those words like oh i'll do that tomorrow i'll get that done later like that is procrastination so these are the six procrastination triggers um if it we procrastinate on a task when it has one or all of the following elements number one it's boring (laughs) number two it's frustrating number three it's difficult 
Number four, it's unstructured or ambiguous. Number five, it's lacking in personal meaning. And number six, it's lacking in intrinsic rewards, like it's not fun or engaging. So the more elements that a task has, the more likely you will be to procrastinate on it. But I love this fix that Chris recommends in the book, and I've done an entire chart for you guys inside the daily mindset design you're just gonna flip those triggers. So I want you to get a task in your mind that you tend to procrastinate on. Maybe it's like doing your taxes, filing paperwork, cleaning, working out, etc. So we're gonna flip the switch on those triggers and really engage the prefrontal cortex to allow the, these tasks to become a whole lot easier. So first you wanna identify which of the triggers are showing up for you and write them down and then switch. So Again, it's boring, frustrating, difficult, unstructured, lacking in personal meaning or lacking in rewards. So I'm gonna use working out as an example. So let's say you have all of those triggers for working out for you. So number one, boring. So if it's boring, how can we flip it? Can you sign up for a new workout class? Can you try something completely different? Can you do a workout with a friend? Number two, if it's frustrating, like choose something a little bit easier, give yourself the option to do like a yoga class over a HIIT workout or going for a walk in nature versus intervals on the treadmill or doing instead just like a set period of time. I swear by the 10 minute rule, which I'm sure I've talked about in the podcast before, which is literally just do 10 minutes, like set a timer for 10 minutes, whatever you're procrastinating on, do the 10 minutes. It's always like the dread of the tasks task is so much worse than typically doing the task itself so setting a timer can be super helpful and just like kind of override your brain because you're like it's only 10 minutes it's only 10 minutes um if it's difficult again are you trying to go too hard too soon with working out like what seems a little bit easier and less daunting do you need some help from someone do you need to hire a personal trainer um number four unstructured or ambiguous so try following a fun schedule a workout challenge a workout video this is going to give you structure and allows your brain to also take a break number five it's lacking in personal meaning this is where you want to get clear on why you are working out in the first place is it lining up with your values what is the core reason why you have started this so really attach meaning to your next workout and get intentional Number six, lacking in rewards. Can you set up a reward system like post-workout relaxing with your favorite Netflix show or having a bubble bath or listening to a really interesting audiobook while you work out or even watching your favorite show while you work out if you have a gym, etc. So whatever the task is, practice flipping it to make it a whole lot less aversive and more enjoyable to beat procrastination. And then there is also um, another helpful activity is to list the costs. So what are the costs of you not doing this task? Over time, where will this lead you if you continue to not do it? And I remember that this is something that Tony Robbins did at the UPW um, Unleash the Power Within seminar thing that I went to years ago. And I was thinking of being bulimic because I was still really struggling at that time. And I thought of the cost of me still struggling with that, like 10 years from now, like thinking about when I had kids or when I was 40, like still binge eating, still hiding it, still throwing up, like, oh, that brought me so much shame and sadness that it was a huge switch for me. And I will always remember that. So at the end of the day, 
you do want to be spending the majority of your time on things that bring you joy and happiness. So if you have a whole lot of things that you're procrastinating on, like, do you need to hire someone to take care of this task? Um, can you delegate it? Is this something that you actually need to continue doing? Is it lining up with your values? Um, and then we move into day six, which I found this super fascinating. Um, the future you. So studies have shown that the more disconnected we are from the future version of ourselves, the more likely we are to procrastinate, take on tasks in the future that aren't actually in alignment or give the future version of you the short end of the stick with like more things to do and less savings for retirement. And there was a study done that was in an MRI machine that measured the brain and there was almost zero difference in the brain from thinking about a future version of you versus thinking about a total stranger. So this has a huge impact on your productivity because you're viewing the future you as a total stranger, as a total stranger and clearly less likely to do nice things for that future version of you. And there's another super fascinating experiment um, outlined in this book where Hal Hirschfeld um, teamed up with professional animators to create a 3D, 3D booth that converts the current you to what you would look like when you retire. And he got a bunch of students to step into the simulator and see themselves as the retired version of them and then ask them a few questions around saving for retirement. And the result at the end, when the study was all done was that the students that had stepped into the simulator and saw themselves at the retired age saved more than twice as much for retirement as those who didn't. And since we probably don't have a fancy 3D simulator at our disposal, part of the homework in this day was to use the Aging Booth app. So taking a picture of the future you and keep it in mind when you start making decisions and commitments. And um, Chris Bailey, who wrote the book, said he has a framed version of himself <laughs> aged hanging up at his desk and it really tends to freak people out. But I kind of love that idea, honestly. I, I did the... I did this homework and it was really funny. And then another way to really connect with a future version of you is to send a letter. And I have done this on a few retreats where, um, where they hold on to the letters and then mail them out like six months or a year later. And it was so powerful and super emotional when I received the letters and I saw how much came to you. Most notably, the one that recently came was like, right after me and Trev got married and a year earlier, I was obviously like single. I was at this retreat in San Diego and um, I'd written a letter to myself that was like, I'm so proud of you for holding out, for meeting your soulmate. Like you found him and oh my God, I could cry just thinking about it, how incredible it is that it all comes true. So you could ask a organized friend to hold on to the letter and mail it to you in six months. Or uh, Chris recommends this really cool website that I tried out today, which We'll send you an email, um, whatever date that you decide to, like six months from now, a year from now. So it's called futureme.org, and I will link that in the show notes as well. And um, I think that's just such a really fun idea. So I wrote myself a letter, to an email to receive in one year from now. And then also visualization is a super powerful method. So visualizing the future version of you and noticing and like noting what they've accomplished. So if you stick with the three things every day, you're already doing that in a smaller way when you commit to that three thing rule each week. So you're seeing the version of you at the end of the day and thinking, what would I, what did I want to accomplish today? What would I be proud of myself for getting done today? And, um, that's usually how I think of it every day when I write my three things. I'm like, what would I be really proud of myself for accomplishing today? And this is, 
just so powerful connecting with the future version of you. So then day seven is um, disconnecting. So disconnecting from the internet. The internet is incredibly addictive. It's like a buffet for our brains. It's engaging all of our senses. It's a huge killer to our productivity. And as well as like the notifications always throwing us off. So I actually never have notifications on. Like my phone is always completely on silent. I don't have any notifications popping up on my laptop. Like I hate that more than anything. And I can't remember the exact study, but I read this years ago and that's when I stopped having notifications was Anytime you get interrupted, it actually takes you 15 minutes to get back into the flow of your task. So imagine if you're trying to do something and get into flow and every time you receive a text message, even if you don't even read it, it will take you 15 minutes to get back to that productive state. And many of us like will won't even have 15 minutes go by where they can even get back into flow. So I really recommend turning all notifications off. Um, and Chris recommends for the internet, just disconnecting from the internet completely for periods of time throughout the day. So turn your phone on airplane mode, turn your Wi-Fi off um, when you're working on something important on your computer, see if you can turn the internet off if possible. And he also shuts off his device completely from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. each day, which is definitely something that I'm going to try starting tonight. So that's another fun challenge to try out. So what I kind of just read to you was the first week of um, the daily mindset design and it will continue on for the next 30 days, the productivity project. So if you want to get in on that, just head over to the membership. You can join for a week free if you haven't used a free trial before. It's $40 a month or $400 for the entire year. So if you did purchase a year up front, you get two months free and there is an insane amount of content available to you inside the membership, um, which is listed um, with the link in the show notes. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. I will be back every week with a new podcast episode for you guys and um, the happiness frequency series coming up soon. And I'll see you in the next episode.